All right. Good afternoon on a Friday. I think it's June the 10th. And again, we celebrate Jesus the Christ, the Savior of the world, our Redeemer, uh, our Savior, our Healer, our Waymaker. We thank God for him. Yeah, you see a little rolling in the neck there. Yeah, I'm putting it in there when I'm talking about Jesus. We're excited again. Hey, let me again welcome our conference call listeners. Let me again thank God for all of our virtual listeners around the world. Uh, as far as Thailand, uh, Florida, North and South Carolina, Illinois, Chicago, Indiana, uh, again, Ohio, uh, Florida, Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, uh, Portage, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Detroit, Pontiac, uh, listeners all the way out on the other side of uh, the country and California. We've got, again, some members there, got some members in, in uh, Kansas. Uh, in, uh, we've got members in Washington, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Texas, uh, Mississippi. We are grateful to all of you. Midland, uh, Bay City, right here in the city of Saginaw. We got some in-person listeners again on today. Again, God, uh, God be praised for all of you, any of you that check in with us, whether it's for the duration of the hour or whether it's for a moment. We want you to know we are appreciative that you take time out of your schedule uh, to be with us on today. A couple of things I want to remind you of real quickly. Uh, let's pray again for Sister Pat Kernan, Patricia Kernan, and her family. The celebration of her daughter, Courtney, will be Wednesday of this upcoming week. It's going to be right here at New Life. So, again, we are, again, asking for your prayers and your support. Again, anything that you want to do, if you could bring it to us so we can funnel it into the family, that would be appreciated. Next Friday, a week from today, uh, just a heads up so you are aware, the celebration of life for Brother Brian Thomas, husband of Sister Karen Thomas, is going to be here so in lieu of prayer service, we will probably be in a celebration service uh, during that time, okay? Uh, so we will not have prayer service a week from today. We'll be in celebration service as we celebrate the life of Brother Brian Thomas. It'll probably be around this same time, uh, or it will start at 11 o'clock. So just a quick heads up as it relates to that. And then let's pray for Sister Patrick, Brother and Sister Patrick. Sister Patrick lost uh, a brother-in-law, I believe it was. Uh, his name uh, was Brother Thurston. And so we are praying for her uh, again during this time of bereavement. Uh, we know over the past several weeks there has been death that has reached into our family. And again, we are praying for them. If you know someone that is sick, uh, again, we are praying for them. Mother Jackson is on the way to recovery. Uh, Sister Dorothy Gaines had some very light surgery this past week, is at home. Again, we pray for the, uh, the mother of Deacon uh, Roscoe. We're praying for them. Remember Deacon Drake and his wife. Uh, again, we're praying uh, for all of our elders, uh, Mother McMillan, uh, Brother and Sister Mays, uh, Sister Studevant had a person in her family pass away a week or so ago. We are, again, remembering Sister Jameson. Uh, again, we are praying for all of our elders. Uh, Brother Saunders, who's been out for several years just due to illness, but is making his way back. Uh, Brother Deacon uh, Carlos Stewart, uh, again, we're praying for him. Uh, we're praying for all of you. We want you to know that uh, Sister Stuckey, 
Uh, Danica Stuckey, I think, was out ill for a minute, so we're praying for her. Um, again, Brother Patrick obviously had surgery a couple weeks ago. Uh, we are in prayer for him. Obviously, he's already back, but again, I want you to know that we have not forgotten those that have lost loved ones, Sister uh, Janice Henry. Again, we're praying for all of you. If you've lost a loved one, uh, we want you to know that we are praying for you. Sister Heather Mims, uh, we celebrated a cousin. Uh, he Sister Heather Mims is connected to, uh, again, uh, Dick and Carlos Stewart and others in our church as well. So we want you to know that we are praying for all of you. Okay, we want you to know we're praying for all of you. So let's keep praying for the family. Let me again say to all of you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Your outpouring of love uh, financially. Um, if you've purchased things and brought those things, we want you to know they have not gone unnoticed. You have responded in New Life five-star fashion, okay? So thank God we've been able to minister to both families, um, uh, the Thomas family and, again, the Kernan family in great fashion. So we are thankful to you for what you do for us. So next Wednesday... Uh, next Wednesday will be the celebration for Sister Courtney Kernan next Friday for Brother Bryant Thomas. In between, next Thursday at 11 a.m., okay, all hands on deck, all right? You know that word, all hands on deck, mean we need you to be there if you can. Now, I always say this so you're aware, we are always sensitive to the fact that many of you work. I get that. All right. Uh, there is no choice doing it during the day. It just seems to work uh, because there again is where we can get again coverage media uh, next Thursday at 11 a.m. at New Birth Bible uh, Baptist Cathedral. Uh, 3121 Sheridan Street. There will be a press conference. Remember, I told you on Sunday that we need to respond to the violence going on in our community. And so since then, we have gotten with pastors, and pastors, part of SAP, have decided we need to start responding before the summer comes in. So at 11 a.m. on next Thursday at, at um, New Birth Bible Baptist Cathedral, the pastors will get together and do a press conference. We're asking all of our members, all of our members to come out and support us. We've got news coverage. We've called on local law enforcement to be there just as well. We have decided that as priests over this community, we need to respond. So we're asking every member that can come. The press conference will probably take about 30 to 45 minutes, but your presence is critical. We need to send a message, okay? So if you can be there, uh, we certainly want you there. Uh, we are going to try to air it on, uh, again, Facebook. And so we're calling on our production team, Ding Roscoe, those that can make sure that we've got coverage that day via Facebook and all the other social mediums. Uh, we will be speaking out against uh, violence in our community. So it's entitled safety, but it reaches into everything. It's not just shootings. It's domestic violence. It's anything that causes safety to be jeopardized in this community. Need you to be there. If you can, uh, if you can only be there 15, 20 minutes, that's great. We just need you to be there, all right? Next week, next week, the uh, Saginaw Valley Baptist District Council of Christian Education 
will be in session. Um, I need as many of you as can to register and to attend. Now, I think most of this is Zoom. I think it is Zoom. I'm not sure if they're doing uh, in-person sessions, um, but you can see the classes on, um, you can see the classes right now on the screen. Uh, you can see the number. Dr. Ava Lewis is the dean. She wants you to call so that you can let her know what class you will be in. So next week is a busy week, all right? I know it is. Uh, it's a rarity that we've got all the things going on that you see. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're going to have to divide your time. Uh, to be a part of, all right? It's a great week. Uh, the following Sunday, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, we are expecting all of our middle and high school students to be in the house for what we call Vibe Development. It is where we bring our young people back in, start teaching and training them in the Word of God. It starts next Sunday, uh, June the 19th at 9 uh, at 9.30, all right, even as I'm saying that, I see a conflict already because that is also the week we said we're going to recognize all of our students, all right, I see a conflict with that, um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to divide that hour, all right, we're going to divide that hour uh, so that there again we can, re you know, get our students in, but also do student recognition. So we'll probably at 10, uh, 10 uh, a.m., um, we will do our student recognition. That will be live. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do about a half hour of, of training, Christian education training, so our young people can get in. And then right at 10 o'clock, we're going to just switch right into student recognition. So it's going to be fast. It's going to be quick because we want to be done by 1030. All right. Want to be done by 1030. So if you've got a certificate, uh, anything of that nature, uh, we want to recognize you. That's Father's Day. So we're looking forward to that, to celebrate fathers, brothers. Uh, again, we want you to be here, be in the house. Uh, God has a word for us. Now, the Saturday before that, uh, brotherhood. And brotherhood is all men and all young men in our church. All right. Be here at 12 o'clock. All right. Be here at 12 o'clock. We're going to start uh, again igniting the brothers in the church. We've got a book out there called Kingdom Men. Uh, we want you to get that book. If you didn't get it, you need to see me. I've got some extras, uh, but we want you to have the book. Read chapter one, and we're going to be prepared to go right into that lesson and talk about things that need to get done. All right, so want you to be aware of that. Hey, uh, in uh, the end of June, end of June, we'll celebrate again uh, the pastor uh, and leading ladies' uh, fourth anniversary here at, at New Life, but we actually celebrate 24 years of service in the role as pastor and first lady. 
All right, going to be a great celebration. You can see our guest preacher uh, from Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church in Detroit in the person of Dr. Nathan Johnson, uh, very sought-after preacher uh, extraordinaire around the country. I'm glad to call him my friend and big brother. He's going to be here. New Life, you've seen him before. He's been here lecturing uh, for Wolverine uh, right now. He may be the next convention president but he is a highly sought-after preacher and teacher around the world, all right, around the world. So we're glad to have him as a friend and a brother, and he's going to be this, this morning, that morning, preaching for us, all right? Coming into July, we've got some very great things going on. Uh, number one, July 17th, we're going to do Church in the Park. And I want to remind you that the shirts are ready. They are $13 a piece. We need you to sign up for them and pay for them as soon as possible. All right, the shirts are $13. They are 100% cotton. We can't tell you if they're Fruit of Loom or whether they're Gildan uh, because I know there are some difference. So there again, uh, as you order, uh, we've got the order sheet here as you sign up. Get your shirt and pay, all right? Want to make sure everybody has the shirts. The beauty, the beauty of the shirts is they don't have a year on them, so you can wear them every year, all right? But we're looking all hands on deck. We'll be doing hot dogs and hamburgers that day along with some other little knickknacks. We've got some special entertainment right after the service, so you don't want to miss it. Come prepare. You know, in July, July is a hot month. We're going to be under a tent, but we want you to come prepared. We'll have plenty of water and other things there, but we want you to be prepared, all right? Invite people. This is church in the park, but it's also an evangelistic service. So we want you to invite people to come so that souls can be saved, okay? Everything we do in worship is going to be done out there. I want you to be aware of that. The fifth Sunday in July. Fifth Sunday in July will be the first Sunday of Deacon Christopher Tatum. Uh, again, we are, we are excited about that. Uh, we've got some family and friends coming all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and so we're going to be prepared to, again, uh, serve them when they get here. It is the church he came from uh, nearly a year or so ago. Um, and so they're coming to be supportive for the four o'clock service. Uh, I'm, I'm anticipating a packed house on that day. Um, and so we're going to be here. If nobody else, we're going to be here in support of him. All right. So I want you to be aware of that. Coming up in August, uh, we've got a couple things going on. Uh, number one, uh, let me go back to July for a second. Uh, in July, we have our stewardship meeting. All right, so I'll give you that date coming up shortly uh, where we report what we've done for the first six months of the year and what we'll be working on for the remaining six months of the year. All right, so once you know about that, all right, always want to keep you in the loop so you know it's not like you don't know. We talk about everything we do anyway, so we want you to know what we're doing and how we are moving according to God's guidance, okay? Uh, in August, uh, there's a couple things going on in August. Uh, number one, uh, we've got the, uh, again, August the 13th, uh, the, the cultural festival um, will be going on uh, the weekend, August 11th, 12th, and 13th, or August 12th, 13th, and 14th. But a portion of that is going to work with Mission in the City. We're going to bring in Mr. Maurice Ashley. Uh, he's going to be here, the first African-American 
uh, grand chess master in the country. Now, um, I agree with Maurice that, you know, that title, African-American chess grandmaster, should not necessarily be accentuated because there are a lot of African-Americans that just have not been recognized uh, for that. But he is officially the first one in the country. We are honored to have him come to us. All right, so all hands on deck need you here that day in a very supportive role. Uh, there's going to be a walking being done earlier that day by the Cultural Festival in the park. So we want as many as possible to make sure that you show up so that there again, we can make sure we've got good representation, okay? Just trying to give you the stuff that's going on. And obviously at the end of August, we'll do a back to school uh, special or giveaway. want you to be here for that too. All right. So those are things that's going on right now. Keep praying for the church as we keep doing the work and the will of God. All right. None of this can happen without you. And always want to make sure you know that uh, as you come in. Just an FYI, for those that do come in for our prayer hour, again, we are starting to produce the notes from what we use. All right. The notes from what we use. So if you do come uh, the notes from what we use during the prayer hour are available on the table in the foyer so you can take them home to use them to help you as you pray with others. Okay? All right. All right. So today, uh, again, we are grateful to all of you that are with us. Today's thought, uh, again, is one, uh, and remember now, our prayer hour is subject to talk about anything, but they're all relative. They're all designed to help us grow. I want to talk about uh, the issue of how to respond to criticism. How to respond to criticism. Uh, one of the things that I've discovered, uh, and I want to just lift a quick quote uh, for you. Uh, one of the things that I've discovered is if you live long enough, uh, all of us are going to face criticism. Um, and I want to unpack that a little bit more in just a minute. But I want to give you... Um, I want to give you one or two quotes that come to this, all right? Uh, one by Plato. Uh, here's one by, by Plato, and this is what it says, all right? The one by Plato says this. It says, when men speak ill of thee, listen at this, live so as nobody may believe them. <laughs> I like that because what it really says is when people out there criticizing you live in such a way that when people hear the criticism, they won't believe it anyway. All right. Now, let me unpack this just real quickly and I'll get into the outline. Criticism is great. Criticism is excellent. Note this now. It is excellent because it has a dual purpose. Not all criticism is negative. Note that now. Not all criticism is negative. In fact, I would argue, and you hear me talk a little bit about today, that some criticism is truth on, spot on, and very beneficial. Okay? All right? Sometimes people criticize you because they're flat out jealous. Sometimes people criticize you because they really wish it was them doing what you're doing. And some criticism is really designed to help you. So you'll see it in the outline. Learn, you know, learn to embrace criticism one way or the other. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today because remember that not all criticism is negative. All right? And you've got to be able to. And here's the thing that I've learned to do. Um, and let me just kind of give you my experience uh, being in the role as a pastor for 20-some years 
Can I tell you that I've been criticized? Yes, I have. Can I tell you that people have talked about my leadership ability? Yes, they have. Well, let me ask you a question. And this was a question that was asked over the weekend, and I think it's very critical. Uh, you know, Dean Roscoe, if I were to ask you right now, what do you do for a living? What, what would you say you do? You, you tell me that you're what? You're a clerk? Okay, he works for AT&T. And if I were to ask Sister Sutton what she does for a living, Sister Sutton, what would you say that you do? Okay, she does uh, housekeeping. If I would ask First Lady what she does, she would tell me that she works in optometry. All right? Now, notice now that uh, in, my role as a, in my role is to be a pastor, right? So seeing that I'm the only person here that said that I'm a pastor, then how would you then try to tell me to do a pastor's job when that's not your job? And yet people do it all the time. All right? You know, in the role of a pastor, people don't know everything that I'm thinking, everything that we got planned. So I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of thoughts about how certain stuff should be done a certain way, how this should be fixed. But see, what you don't know behind closed doors is that all of those things are already on our map. It's not like we don't know. It's not like we don't see. But everything involves timing. Everything involves time. So I hear a lot of stuff, and I take it in, and I say thank you for that. Because uh, sometimes it is criticism. Sometimes it is, do y'all not see this? We see everything around it, trust me. Our eyes see every nook, every cranny, every hole, every this. We see everything, but everything involves timing. All right? So I just want you to know that. So, so here's the thing. Now, I want you to understand this. Um, Jesus himself noticed this, and I want you to get this now. You're not the only one being criticized. Jesus was criticized very often, okay? Can I give you one or two scriptures? I want to give you one um, uh, or two uh, as we look at this, all right? Here's one, Matt, uh, Mark chapter number 3 and verse number 22. Now, here Jesus is doing some miracles, I mean, flat out saving people and exercising demons and everything. And look at what the religious leaders said about him. It said, and the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, he hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. Wait a minute, slow up. He, do you see what they're saying there? And Jesus comes back in verse 23 and say, I'm unpack that because I know some of y'all don't get it. And Jesus called unto them, and he show, he said unto them in parables, "How can Satan cast out Satan?" So what they were doing was here Jesus was exercising demons, but they call him the Prince of Demons. And Jesus said, "Wait a minute now, if I'm the Prince of Demons, if I'm the devil, how am I casting the devil out of people? If the devil's job is to put the devil in people, all right?" And so he faced constant criticism. Look at what he says in John chapter 15 and verse 25. Okay, because I need you to understand that you're not the only person that's enduring criticism. Watch this verse from Jesus. Jesus said, but this come up to pass, that the word might be filled that is written in their law, they hateth me without a call. Jesus said, they hate me and don't even know why they hate me. They're talking about me and don't even know why they're talking about me. They're putting their mouth on me 
without a reason. I've done no wrong. I've only come to heal, deliver, and restore. And every time I do something, they got something negative to say. All right? So I want you to understand you are not alone. All right? Now, here's the real talk. Nobody likes being criticized, right? But unfortunately, it's a fact of life. It, it really is, all right? You can be doing good and somebody going to find something wrong, all right? Um, to be able to respond to criticism with nobility or, like I would say, with some finesse and some class, all right? And detachment, listen at this, is an important aspect of life, all right? You're going to be criticized. Get that in your spirit. Accept it. All right? You're going to be criticized. Uh, let me, can, can I give you an example? Let's just say a person does not want to cook, but they go to a restaurant. They go to a restaurant, and they order what they would have cooked at home, but when they get the meal, it doesn't have the same seasoning on it. All right? But they're critiquing. They're complaining. It's, it's a way of life. All right? Um, which we've got to learn how to do is detach ourselves from the criticism. I'm going to talk more about that because I think it's real critical for you to get this in your spirit. Even though you're criticized, it is not who you are as 100, as being a 100% person. And sometimes when people criticize us, we take it to heart and we make it who we are and it's not us. I hope you get that. All right? So if we respond to criticism without careful consideration, it can easily lead us to some unnecessary suffering. If you take it to heart what was said, it'll destroy your spirit. It'll destroy your day, right? All of us have done that before. Somebody says something negative, and it got in us. And so now we call in our friends. We're trying to justify our actions. It ain't that serious, trust me. But sometimes, because we've not learned how to filter stuff, it gets in our spirit, and it wrecks our day. And that's what Satan wants. All right? There are some ways, however, we can respond to criticism. So, so here's the first thing I want to give you. I want to give you about four quick nuggets in the time that we have. First of all, here number one. And this is what I want you to understand. Number one, what can I learn from criticism? Okay? What can I learn from criticism? And I want to give you a scripture. I, I want to give you a scripture, and I got a couple of quotes I want to drop on you, but let me give you this here. Watch this. Uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 6. All right? You've heard me use this scripture dozens of times, but here it is. Faithful are the wounds, or let me say it another way, faithful are the criticisms of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You get it? Everybody that's always up in your face, always patting you on the back, always telling you how great, that's an enemy. Because real talk, everything you do ain't like walking on water. And everything you do is not raising the dead. All right? You've got to be careful that everybody always in your face is not setting you up for failure. All right. Now, I, I want to drop this this quote on you and you don't necessarily have to put it on there, Deacon um, Roscoe, if you want to. But, but watch this and, and watch the phrasing of it. It says mistakes have the power to turn you into something better than you were before. Let me say it another way. Criticism has the power to turn you into something 
better than you were before. All right? Hope you'll hear that. All right? So here's the thing that I, I understand. Most criticism is probably based, at least in part, on some truth. All right? I, I hate to break your little bubble, but most criticism is probably based on some truth. All right? Uh, criticism may appear negative, but through criticism, we have the opportunity to learn and improve from those suggestions. All right? I've had people give me different ways to do things. All right? And real talk, it actually worked if I paid attention to it. All right? And, and I think sometimes, you know, we've got to understand not all criticism is bad. And not all criticism is good. But the real question is, listen at this, what is being said and what can I learn from it? Don't be so quick to push people off because they comment on you. I'm going to talk about that later on. Because sometimes you ain't got to say nothing. It is always good to listen. Okay? And criticism does not always mean you're doing something negative, but it does pay to listen. Because you might learn something or learn how to do something differently. It might be better the way the person is suggesting. All right? All right. So the first thing I would say to you when it, when it comes to criticism is, is ask yourself, what can I learn? When a person is complaining about something, what can I learn? Now, I'm going to talk more about this because there again, sometimes it's not the criticism. You're going to see this in a minute. Sometimes it's the tone that you use. All right? Sometimes it's the way you come at me that makes me want to bite back at you. I'm not saying what you ain't saying is true. But it's how you said it. You said it in a, a con uh, condemning way. And that's what makes people end up engaging in conflict. All right? Sometimes it's the way you approach it. But I promise you, if you listen, you can learn a whole lot when people are critiquing you or got something negative to say. If nothing else, the one thing I've discovered is you can learn that person don't even know what they're talking about. All right? They don't know what they're talking about. I hear what they're saying, but they don't know what they're talking about. That's one thing you can learn. And sometimes you can learn that, okay, well, maybe that might work. Or maybe that is better than the way I'm doing it. But you can learn something, okay? Now, as a Christian, you can always be critiqued. You know why? Because people remember your past. They remember what you used to do. They remember, they remember something you did last week. Okay? They remember some actions. They remember your mannerisms. They saw you someplace that you probably shouldn't have been. They saw you doing some things or acting a certain way or your language was unbecoming of a Christian. And so they will criticize you. Okay? They will criticize. All right? So what can I learn from that? Okay? If somebody caught me cussing or doing something or talking in such a negative way that it's unbecoming of a Christian, what can I learn? Number one, You've already taught me I've got to watch my tone. I've got to watch that people are always listening. You can always learn from criticism. Okay? So come on, let's pray that now. Father, we come now. We thank you for this thought on criticism and how to respond. We, we also understand that not all criticism is bad, not all criticism is good, but there is a learning lesson through everything. And so, Father, we pray now that when somebody critiques us, uh, Father, that we evaluate the worth of the words 
as we go forward. And Father, even when people are critiquing us, let us ask ourselves the question, what, as, what are you saying? How can it improve my walk? How can it improve my witness? How can it make me more effective? And even when the criticism is negative and condescending, designed to stop me in my tracks, designed to get me angry and upset, Father, let me learn how to be patient, how to be silent, how, again, to allow you to fight the battle. Criticism has a purpose in our lives, and you want us to learn. You said in your word that all things work together for the good. You also said that everything has a purpose. Let us learn uh, when people critique us, criticize us, uh, that it has a purpose if we just learn to listen to the Spirit. Lord, we thank you now as we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the first thing that we got to understand is we can learn uh, our response from, uh, to criticism is, number one, what can I learn from criticism? Here's number two. Number two, uh, respond to suggestions, not the tone of the criticism. Okay? Respond to the suggestions and not the tone. Now, this is where many of us drop the bomb or drop the ball. All right, because when somebody says something negative, the first thing you want to do is bite back into them. All right, I mean, first of all, I mean, think about Dean Roscoe. You've been working at this, you've been sweating, it's 90 degrees outside, you've been toiling, you're already tired, you didn't already injured yourself trying to fix something, and John Smith come along and give the craziest criticism, and it just makes you go off. All right, it can happen. All right, it can happen. Let me see. I think I got a quote somewhere like that. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, let's see. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, uh, there it is by Zig Ziglar. Now, get this now. Zig Ziglar said this. Zig Ziglar said, don't be distracted by criticism. Remember, the only taste of success some people have, get this, I like this, is when they take a bite out of you. All right? You get that? Now, listen, some people have some very horrific days, and sometimes their day only changes when they can get a rise out of you when you respond to their condemnation of you. All right? So you got to learn. All right? You got to listen. Don't listen. Respond to the suggestions, but not the tone of the criticism. So here's the thing that God tells us to do in Scripture. All right? Colossians uh, chapter number four and verse number six. I promise you there's going to be somebody that's going to come along and look at your work and say they can do it better. I promise you there's going to be somebody that's going to come along and look at your hair and critique you on how you parted your baby's hair or how you didn't iron their clothes or how you didn't quite clean like they clean, all right? It's a part of life. And some people do it because they know they can get a rise out of you. They know it can tick you off. It can set you up. It can set you off, all right? All right? You've got to learn. Remember now, respond to the suggestions but not the tone. 
Some people are looking at you, and they automatically looking to see if your lip going to quiver, if you're going to put your hand on your hip, if you're going to sigh, if you're going to raise an eyebrow, if you're going to look at them like you want to jump on them. That's what they're looking for. Watch what the Bible says. For those of you that even do criticism, here's a word of advice from Paul to the church at Colossae. He said, listen at this. He said, listen, let your speech be always, uh, I'm sorry, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every man. All right? Even when you come in there, and I just gave the example of Deacon Roscoe, and you coming in there and your words punch me in the gut, I got to know how not to respond to your tone but to the suggestion, okay? Because I, I can tell you right now, and some of y'all can say amen to this because you know I'm right about it. Some people didn't criticize you and you went off on them. You didn't cuss them, all right? And some of y'all didn't say something. Why? Because you responded to the tone and not the suggestion. It just ticks you off. I've been, well, first of all, I've been in for three hours. Where does Sam Hill you been in? And then you come in here at the ninth hour after I did all the work and you got some comments. Bro, you ain't got nothing to say to me. All right? It can happen. I know it. I've been there. All right? Especially in church. And I know it happens in church a lot because in some of our ministries this sudden, First Lady, sometimes you only got a faithful few. And then people will show up at the ninth hour, and they got a whole lot to say. All right? They ain't serving people fast enough. Well, first of all, it's only two people trying to serve 300. So what you expect? Why don't you put an apron on and get behind there with us? All right? Uh-uh. See? It, respond to the suggestion. Don't get caught up in your feelings. Don't get caught up in your emotions, because I clap for God. You're going to say something you're going to regret later. All right. Watch this now. Uh, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. Love this verse just as well. Watch this now. Proverbs 15, verse 1. This is, listen at this now. It says, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Because if that person come along and you, and you respond to them to the tone you're going to fool around and make them mad. Now y'all got conflict going on. Respond to the suggestion and not to the tone. Listen, this is what I've under I understand. The problem is that most people make valuable, critical suggestions. However, their tone and style of criticism means that we respond not to the suggestions, but remember their confrontational manner. See, you don't even remember what the criticism was. What you remember was their tone. So what do you do? You respond to the tone. All right? You got to learn how to detach yourself. All right? Watch this. The tone or the tongue of the wise uses knowledge of right, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Be careful. All right? Learn to think before you speak. Learn to respond to the criticism and not the tone. Now, now watch this now. I want to give you this scripture because I think it's critical. Remember Jesus on the cross? Now, here Jesus is. He had been beat savagely, been abandoned by his homeboys, and he had just told them in, in Luke, 
uh, chapter 23, he had just told them, matter of fact, Luke 23, verse 34, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his reigning. Now watch this now. I want you to see this. And the people in verse number 35, and the people stood beholding, they were watching. And the rulers also with them began to criticize Jesus, saying, look, he saved others. Let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen, uh, the chosen of God. Watch this now. I want you to go a step further. Watch this now. The soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offering him vinegar. All right? And they said this in verse 37, if you are the king of the Jews, save thyself. All right? Um, and they put an inscription over his head saying, this is the king of the Jews. And even the criminals in verse 39 say, if thou be Christ, save thyself in us. They're criticizing him right after Jesus just said, Father, forgive them. All right? Jesus was criticized much more than we can ever imagine. All right? But he did not respond to the tone. He responded to the criticism. And that's one of the things we have to learn how to do. Let me see if I can pull one of my quick little quotes before I pray, because I think it's critical for us to understand. Um, understand this. Let me see. Uh, here's one. Um, let me see if I can give you the right one. Okay, here's one by Eleanor Roosevelt. Now watch this one. Eleanor Roosevelt said this, and I want you to get this now. Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. <laughs> you get that? I hope y'all mark that down. All right, small minds. In other words, all they spend their time doing is focusing on ways to put you down. All right, small-minded people. All right, so for us, we've got to learn how to respond to the suggestion. Every time Jesus was criticized, he did not curse the person. He responded to the criticism. All right, let's pray that now. Father, we come now. And Father, you taught us, number one, uh, that uh, there are ways that we can respond to criticism. First of all, we need to ask ourselves, what can we learn? But then secondly, we've also got to respond to criticisms by responding to the suggestions, not the tone of criticism. There is a difference. And we pray, Father, that we're mature enough to understand that every time somebody says something negative, with the intent to belittle us, to undermine us, to take the wind out of ourselves, to make us go all, to discourage us, that we don't have to respond to the tone, but we can respond to the criticism. But even before we do that, you've already advised us to let our speech be seasoned with salt and with grace, and that our answer ought to be a soft answer, because we know that it will ultimately turn away wrath. Help us when people condemn us to destroy us, when they condemn us, critique us to stop our momentum and our, our mindset and our focus. Help us to know how to respond. 
by giving us the right words to respond. Lord, we thank you again for this time, for these thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's number three, all right? Number one, I told you, first of all, uh, how to respond to criticism. Number one, what can I learn from criticism, all right? Because criticism does have a value, all right? I'm going to say that just in a minute. Number two, uh, respond to the suggestions and not the tone of the criticism. Here's number three, and this is real critical for you to get. Learn how to value criticism. Learn how to value criticism, all right? I'm going to give you a quote as it relates to that, but I want to give you a couple of scriptures, all right? Watch this. A Proverbs uh, 15 uh, and verse 31. And this is what it says. Proverbs 15, 31, it says, the ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. When you learn to listen, internalize criticism and learn from it, it can make you a wiser person. Okay? When you learn to hear it, think about it, internalize it. If it's true, you become a wiser person. Okay? You become a wiser person. All right? Here's a, here's a warning, Proverbs 13 and verse 13. Watch this verse. This is a warning, all right? And it says this. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, all right? In this instance, whosoever despiseth criticism shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. You get it? All right? It can help you, all right? Now watch this. Here's another warning. In Proverbs 29 and verse number five. All right, it says this A man that flattereth his neighbor spreadeth a net for his feet. All right, if all he does is keep complimenting you, you better believe he's setting you up for a fall somewhere. And you gotta be careful. All right, let me throw, let me throw a quote with this. Um, And this is what it says. Uh, uh, Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill said this. All right. Winston Churchill said, criticism may not be agreeable, but it is necessary. You get this? It fulfills the same function as pain in the human body. It calls attention to an unhealthy state of things. Get it? All right. What is he saying? that criticism does have value. That when people are saying something, it doesn't hurt you to take a minute to assess what they're saying. All right? It does have value. People aren't criticizing. Well, let me say it like this. I better come back and say this right. Most people aren't criticizing you just for nothing. They're criticizing you because they value you and they want to help you. However, there are people out there that every time they get a chance, they will say something negative. It's just built-in people, all right? They, they know nothing to do but always put you down, all right? I think it's critical to understand that. And here's a warning now. Um, here's a warning from John Wooden, all right? John Wooden says this. 
All right, this is a quote. John Wooden says, you can't let praise or criticism get to you. It's a weakness to get caught up in either one. All right? It's a weakness. All right? If you always want people to pat you on your back, you're already in trouble. Because your ego is saying, the only thing I want to hear is good things about me. And real talk, everything about you ain't good. You got some flaws. All right? And you got to be willing to value the good and the bad. It's so critical that you understand that. All right? Here's the thing that I've discovered. Sis Wooden, uh, Sis Sutton, and Sister, uh, Sister Tatum. Here's what I've discovered. Um, the only problem, the problem we have is that quite often we only value praise. Huh? I mean, think about that. We only value praise. We never value criticism. And criticism can be good and it can be negative. When people speak kind words, we feel happy. We always want people to pat us on our back. All right? All right? But when people criticize us, we feel miserable. Let me ask you a question. How many times when somebody says something negative about you, did you get on the phone and say, child, he had the nerve to say this about me? I bet you it's more than we can imagine, all right? However, if we only receive, it, listen at this now, because this is critical. All praise is not sincere. Some praise is insincere. But they're so used to sucking up to you. They're so used to always being in your good graces, all right, that they'll keep flattering you even when you're not worth flattering. You get that? All right. And so at the end of the day, if we wish to improve and develop, we should invite constructive criticism and appreciate their suggestions. There is, there is constructive and there is destructive. Learn to value both of them. When you listen to the Holy Spirit, I promise you, You'll be able to take both of them, no matter if they, listen, I'm a big boy. I can handle it, all right? Have I made mistakes? Yeah. Have I said the wrong thing? Yeah. Have I misquoted scripture? Yeah, all right? Have I, get, have, I've done a lot of things wrong in my life. I'm a big boy. I can handle it, all right? I can tell you right now, I can remember the first time I misquoted a scripture when I was first, when I had just grown up in, oh, man, I didn't like nobody trying to correct me. But I appreciated it because at that point, I knew that God was trying to tell me, hey, you need to do more studying. Because you can't get up there and misquote my word and expect everybody to be happy with it. Now, i tell you right now, there might be an occasion right now where I may misquote a scripture. I'm okay. Okay? It's the humanness of me. Reverend, that wasn't the right scripture. It was this one. Thank you. All right? Thank you. What else do I need to say? I'm the pastor. You can't correct me. No. <laughs> no. Thank you. All right. That's what ought to happen. All right. Value criticism. All right. Come on, let's pray that. I got a couple minutes left. Father, we come now. And Lord, when people are trying to uh, offer criticism, negative or positive, able us as believers to value it one way or the other. When people are offering negative, condescending, condemning criticism, it's a flag that Satan is trying to destroy our momentum. 
that he's trying to get us unfocused, to get us angry and upset. Uh, by the same token, people are offering criticism that is constructive. It can be encouraging. It can be informing and enlightening, reminding us that we're on the right track. Every now and then, we need to be reminded through good and bad uh, that we are operating in your will. And sometimes we get off course. And sometimes we get so caught up in that we lose sight of our humility. And sometimes criticism will bring us back down to the ground and remind us that it's not about us, that you should get the glory and the honor. So teach us to value criticism, to internalize it, and use it to help us grow so that we can give you the glory. Lord, we thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. All right? So listen, I got a couple minutes. I want to give you the last two thoughts real quickly, um, and then I'll, I'll summarize both of them, okay? So number three, again, you saw value criticism. Here's number four and number five, all right? Number four says this. Here's how we should respond to criticism. Number one, don't take it personally and ignore false criticism, all right? Don't take it personally and ignore false criticism. And then here is number five. I could have said this one first, but it's critical to have it in the end, all right? And in the end, this is what it said. Don't respond immediately, okay? When somebody, I mean, I mean, think about it. And let me give this scenario again. Here's Deacon Roscoe. I mean, he didn't work overtime. He didn't lost some sleep. He's trying to get this project done. And you come in there, and the first thing you do is you point out all the negative stuff that ain't right. All right? I'm tired. I didn't hurt myself a couple times. Didn't nobody help me. I'm a little bit frustrated. There is a good chance if I'm not in the right frame of mind, I might say something that I might regret. All right? Now, let me give you a scripture to help you with this. James chapter 1 and verse number 19. All right? James chapter 1 and verse number 19. This is what it says. Wherefore, my, my beloved brethren, let, listen at this. This is good advice. Let every man be swift to hear but slow to speak. And slow to wrath. You ain't always got to respond. Jesus didn't respond half the time. All right. Here's another one for you to think about. All right. Uh, Proverbs 10, 19. Here's a warning. Watch this. And that's why you got to be slow. Don't always be so. Watch this now. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. If you instantly respond, there's a good chance you're going to say something you're going to regret. All right? Don't be so quick to respond. As a matter of fact, don't, at the end of the day, understand sometimes the best thing to do is not say anything. All right? I promise you, you now, if you're not prepared to respond correctly, don't take it personal when you respond. Learn to ignore false criticism. Sometimes you ain't got to say nothing. Oh, you ain't going to respond? No, I don't have to respond because that's not true. End of discussion. 
I, that ain't me. All right? You got to know, you, listen, remember now, you got to learn how to separate the criticism from the tone. All right? And it's so critical for you to understand. It's sometimes it's best, it's best to wait a little while before responding. Because, listen, don't nobody know you better than you. And sometimes when somebody says something you don't like, you know when you respond it ain't going to be pleasant. So sometimes the best thing to do, Dean Roscoe and I was talking, I think, last week or whenever it was, and, you know, some people were saying some stuff because it makes sense to me. It's always interesting to me how people criticize stuff in ministry, but they're not helping with ministry. And so the easiest thing to do when people start to just walk off. I, I mean, how dare you criticize something you won't help with and yet you got the ability? All right? That makes sense? Sometimes you don't have to respond at all. And if you do respond, again, remember now, watch how you respond. All right? Listen, if we respond with feelings of anger or in injured pride, we'll soon regret it. Amen to that. All right? If we wait patiently, it can enable us to reflect in a more calmer manner. You know what? Let me think about that for a minute. Let me respond to you on that later. Because everybody, listen, everybody always got comments. You know, everybody was talking about, you know, like, and, and I'll give you an example. It's easy to complain about the sound that, you know, for our production. It's easy to complain about, you know, okay, y'all ain't got the scriptures up, you know, in timing. I don't see, I don't see no line back there saying that, you know, I'll come back there and help you. Huh? Uh, you, you get what we're talking about? It's easy to talk about, well, we need more programs for the kids. I don't see you back there helping with the kids. And that's why, you know, we got to learn how to respond to criticism. You got to learn how to respond. Sometimes you got to learn how to be quiet. Okay? Sometimes in husband and wife relationships, in, in, in uh, parents and children relationships, if you don't know the whole story, sometimes it's best to be quiet. And listen, here's the flip side of that. When you know the whole story and somebody is criticizing and you know what they're saying is not true, sometimes you don't need to respond at all because they don't know the whole story. All right? She just giving him, he a good man. I don't even know why she's giving him up. But see, what you don't know is how many affairs he's had behind her back. See, you don't know the whole story. All right? Why is she so tough on her kids? You don't know the whole story. Man, he a cheap state, man. You know, he, you know, he work all this time. You know, he putting in all this overtime. And look at how he dressing. But you don't know the bills that he has. See, you don't know the whole story. And that's why I'm saying this. Be slow to respond because some things don't require a response. Can I give you a witness and then we're going to pray? Remember the woman that the religious leaders caught in adultery? They brought her to Jesus because they were trying to trick Jesus, all right? They were trying to figure out a way to deal with him. They say, look, Jesus, we caught this woman in the very act, and the Bible says, and Jesus didn't say nothing. He simply stooped down and started writing in the sand. Hmm? And then he said, I'm sorry, let me go back. You know, first of all, he said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone and then he started writing in the sand yeah 
Listen, there's a song out there by, I think, Kenny Rivers that said, you got to know how to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, and when to run. All right? You, you, listen, I'm telling you, this is such a great piece for us, and I hope you're really getting this in your spirit because I promise you it will help. Remember now, the vision of this church is love, grow, and serve. And everything that we've been offering you has been designed to help you grow in your religious or in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is designed to help you grow if you internalize it. All right, let's pray. Father, we come now. And Father, these last two items, you've told us don't take it personal. Learn how to ignore criticism and learn not to respond immediately. Father, those are great lessons for us as believers because sometimes, if we're going to be very honest, it's our quick response and our quick mouth that causes more hardship for us. Sometimes when we're attacked, the human side of us wants to attack people back. Sometimes when people have condemned us, humanly, we want to cut them as much as they've cut us. Teach us, Father, uh, as we go forward in this, in this life, not to, re to respond to the suggestions, but not to the tone of the critic. Teach us, Father, how to not take it personal and ignore false criticism. And teach us how not to respond immediately, but to learn how to value criticism. What a great thought this is to help us mature spiritually. When people talk about our kids, when people talk about our wives, our husbands, talk about us individually, talk about our church, Help us to learn to value, to learn to determine whether this requires a response now or later, but help even our words be seasoned with grace uh, and seasoned with salt. It is this that we thank you for now in Jesus' name, amen. I have to tell you, this is a great piece. I hope that you have been blessed. You know, there again, for those of you, what we're trying to do now is make these available for you. All right, so this will be available. If you come in on Sunday, there are some out in the foyer. I hope that you'll pick it up. Um, it'll be a great piece for you to go back and meditate on. It's my prayer that it has been a blessing to you. It's certainly been a blessing to me. Um, listen, again, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Uh, don't forget uh, on Father's Day, the day before Father's Day, day before Father's Day, uh, Brotherhood will be meeting at 12 noon. The meeting is going to be about an hour and 15 minutes. Read chapter number one. Don't just read it one time. Read it a couple times so that you can be prepared to have some great conversation. We want to talk more. We want to talk about more than just basketball. We want to talk about Jesus. All right. Don't forget next week, Wednesday is the celebration of Miss Courtney Kernan. All right. That's going to be here. So, we, again, we need people prepared to serve. Uh, don't forget next Friday is the celebration for Brother Brian Thomas. All right. To my understanding, as it stands now, uh, it will be a celebration that will not be a wake. It will be a celebration that will not be a repass at this point. All right. That's the information I have as of right now. Uh, don't forget next week is Saginaw Valley District has their week-long session um, again, please contact Dr. Ava Lewis and let her know the classes you want to be a part of. This upcoming Thursday, 
at 11 a.m. And I said this earlier. I'll say it again. I recognize some of you are working during that time. All right? I realize that. Uh, over at New Birth uh, Bible, uh, New Birth Missionary Baptist Cathedral, there will be a press conference speaking out on the violence going on in our community. All right? As many of you that can make it, we want you to be there. I realize some of the things that we do is done during the day when you cannot. Some of you work. I understand that. All I'm asking you to do is pray for us. All right? I realize that. We, we have to maximize the time. All right? So I want you to be praying for us that things go well. Uh, we've sent information to all of the pastors, at least all the Baptist pastors that we know of and asked them to send the information out. They got the information this morning. We're asking them to call out their members. Uh, there were some shootings yesterday that was in retaliation to the three murders, okay? Uh, I understand there were like three or four shootings yesterday. So we are responding, okay? As the priests in this community, we have to lift up this stuff in prayer. So we're asking you to be out and support us, okay? All right. So again, let me thank you again for your outpouring of love for both families. Again, let me thank again the bereavement ministry for all that they've done. We're praying for all of you. Um, it is our prayer that God will cover and keep you. I'm looking forward to seeing you Sunday morning. Be blessed.